Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. The following program has been pre-recorded. Thanks for tuning in this weekend to Let's Talk Portland. Odyssey Portland's weekly public affairs program. I'm Gary Bloxham. On the show this time, I'd like to welcome Brian Vistownet. Brian is the Community Philanthropy Manager at Oregon Food Bank. Hey there, Brian. Welcome to Let's Talk Portland. Thank you for having me. So this time of year, I'm guessing, is a pretty busy time of year at any food pantry and, and at the Oregon Food Bank. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. Of course, uh, you know, across the network there, uh, folks are busy because they're it's always busy this time of year with uh, folks accessing food. But um, yeah, at the food bank, uh, we're particularly busy. Uh, I work in the community philanthropy department where we're responsible for raising funds to make sure that our work is funded. And so it, it's very busy in December because that's when a lot of people are focused on giving. How is the giving going this year? Are people being generous? Um, it's going well. We have we have a lot of we've raised a lot of funds. We have a lot of funds to raise, um, but we're really appreciative to the community for everybody who's stepping up to support. How are things going at the Oregon Food Bank? Tell me about some of the stuff that's been going on in 2023. Yeah, it's an interesting time right now because um, we're kind of at that point where it seems like um, you know the pandemic really has started to get into the rear view mirror. And so it seems like we really should be um, seeing, you know, big declines in hunger because there was of course a lot of big jumps in hunger around the pandemic. Um, and unfortunately uh, we haven't seen the declines that we thought we'd see. It's been hunger hunger has remained stubbornly high, hunger and food insecurity. Um, we're anticipating um, when 2023 is all done, well over a million people accessing emergency food assistance, uh, which, is significantly higher than any recent time before the pandemic uh still so that's you know that's that's a challenge uh you know it's still we're still seeing that we're kind of in a period where hunger is at the highest rate it's been since going all the way back to the great depression um and so you know it's definitely something that you know, it's a little frustrating to see that, but you know, we know why we know that uh, inflation, uh, the rising cost of food, uh, the extremely continued extreme high costs in housing uh, have really just um, pushed people uh, to a level that we haven't seen before with, uh, you know, meeting, meeting all their needs. And um, so, yeah, it's definitely been a challenge and it's a very, continues to be a very busy time for the whole Oregon Food Bank Network. Is food insecurity more pronounced in an urban environment or a rural environment, or or is it kind of across the board equal? 
Um, I don't have numbers on that across the top of my head, but um, my understanding is that that is very, um, that, that is, it isn't specific to one area that we see it across, across the entire state and region that we serve. What were some of the biggest wins that the Oregon Food Bank experienced this year? Uh, we'll definitely have, have seen some wins this year. Um, it's It's been really exciting, particularly to see the community's response uh, to our investments in um, trying to make sure that every child has access to meals in school, school meals for all. Um, thanks to the advocacy of our community, um, the state has invested 17 million in improving the well-being of 114,000 students who are facing hunger. So that's, for, for us, that's huge. Um, and it means that three out of four Oregon schools will be offering universal free meals starting in the fall of 2024. So we are really excited to, to see the benefits of that impacting our kids because we know that that significantly is going to influence um, how kids perform academically, uh, how they're do how they're doing in their personal well-being, but also how they're doing in school. Uh, and that has lasting effects into adulthood. Proper nutrition makes such a big difference for children in our community. Talk a little bit about what problems kid face, kids face without proper nutrition. Well, I mean, I think we all know what it's like to, to uh, be hungry and maybe not have enough food, uh, you know, at times where we've just experienced that personally um, and, you know, how it affects concentration and affects, you know, but of course, it's one thing to be, to just need a snack. It's another thing to have, you know, chronic undernourishment, chronic uh, food insecurity and hunger and how that affects just, just even not knowing for sure where your next meal is coming from, but also, um, you know, if you're not getting proper nutrition, not getting enough food or not getting breakfast, you know, in the morning or whatever, and you're going to school on that empty stomach, uh, it has significant impacts in how um, kids are able to stay focused at school, um, impacts learning. And of course, in the moment, it may just seem like a lack of focus, but long term, long term, that happens again and again for a kid, it compounds and it impacts their ability to really continue to learn and, and grow and, you know, grow up to be somebody who's like, you know, been successful through their long-term learning environment. And oftentimes school meals are, are sometimes the only meals the kids get. Is that correct? That is true for, uh, unfortunately, many children in our communities. Um, yeah, school meals becomes really their main source of food. And so that's why this program is so essential because those meals aren't available. Um, some of these kids are not getting nearly the nutrition they need to be able to really thrive in a school environment or just in life in general. Yeah. We're talking today with Brian Vistownet, Community Philanthropy Manager at Oregon Food Bank. Brian, tell me about your job. What What is the philanthropy, Community Philanthropy Manager? Uh, yeah, my title is Community Philanthropy Manager for Grassroots Giving. So uh, I work on the fundraising side of Oregon Food Bank, where we are really focused on engaging the community as much as possible in, in the work of both um, keeping food flowing right now, but also uh, making sure we're making investments in moving the needle in the movement to end hunger, because that's really what we want to do long term. We don't want to just put band-aids on the situation. So for me, uh, I'm involved with our sort of our mass fundraising program, where we're engaging um, larger audiences for folks who haven't worked or aren't super familiar with fundraising. Typically, you know, there are a few, few areas of focus, you know, folks who are um, 
who give like significant large sums of money, you know, have have uh, a, a different focus than than with a larger audiences. Um, we'll send like mailings and emails and engage through the internet and um, social media and whatnot. Engage folks in the cause, try to uh, make sure that folks are really understanding why we have hungers in our hunger in our community. And then when possible, when it makes sense, encouraging folks to donate to to support and help move the needle as we try to both keep food flowing and in hunger for good. You'd like to be one of those organizations that uh, fundraises itself out of business, wouldn't you? Absolutely. That's something <laughs> that Susanna Morgan, our president, um, I've heard her say that often. We want to put ourselves out of business. But that's why, you know, we talk about ending hunger. You know, it seems like this big, you know, far off thing, you know, but we truly believe that it's possible. Um, if we make the right investments and we are in it for the long haul, if we're willing to continue to consistently do this work over a long period of time and invest not just in in getting food out there, um, but in changing policy and building community systems and community power so that we can really change the systems that are causing hunger to be so persistent in our communities in the first place. Yeah. Uh, tell us a bit about measuring a year in love. What is that all about? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that So measuring a year in love. So traditionally, for those of us who worked in the fundraising world, um, it's interesting to be a fundraising staff member at a nonprofit organization because traditionally the targets are very simple. We want to raise this much money and there'll be a set dollar amount that we have to meet. Um, and you know, the economy goes through ebbs and flows and there are big economic factors that influence how much money comes in for a nonprofit organization, right? Some of it is economic based on how do people have a lot of resources to give or not. Some of it is like public attention, like what's in the news? What are the big issues our world is facing right now? And how does that change where people are focusing their giving? So fundraising is influenced by a lot of things. Um, so it's it's actually been a challenge in the fundraising fundraising industry for organizations to realize that fundraisers can't always just flip a switch and make the revenue come in the way they think it will, right? Um, and at the same time, that sort of that focus on a single like revenue goal can be can be a little bit displacing um, because organizations it, it can be a, it can cause a little bit of mission drift. Uh, organizations who are focused on so much on making sure they meet that fundraising goal um, sometimes will find themselves getting pulled a little bit off mission in an effort to try to get grants or get donations from donors who have really strong opinions about how things should be done. Um, so our shift with Measuring Year in Love, we had this um, new director of our department, um, C. Nathan Harris, came in and Nathan had this idea of what if instead of measuring revenue, we measured love? That sounds like this big foofy idea, but at the end of the day, um, we are figuring out how to put metrics in place that actually help us center relationships, uh, center uh, communities who face hunger or who have lived experience facing hunger, centering these communities as our leaders in and identifying how we should do this work because they're the closest to it, right? They have actually experienced what needs what isn't working and what needs to be done. So we want community leadership rather than uh, centering leadership of people who have a ton of money, right? Or of organizations that have a ton of money. Um, and we want to make sure that we are valuing relationships above revenue. We wanna make sure that we're building a movement 
above um, just making sure that the money is coming in, right? Because those are the things, this is the way we have to stay focused if we're actually gonna move beyond just the band-aid of food distribution and actually changing systems and, and ending hunger. So there's a lot of uh, a lot of work to be done on that front. Um, but if we are relationship, relationship centric um, and if we are community centric and we're focused on the, the leadership of our communities facing hunger and we're trying to like build long term relationships where every person, including the donors that we are the, that are donating to the organization where we're valuing everyone in the community um, and not just looking at people through this lens of how much money can you give. Um, we believe that in turn is also going to raise a lot of money. Um, and so that's why we're not getting rid of fundraising goals, but we are focused on um, relationships and community leadership first and foremost. That's how we're measuring our success. How does the Oregon Food Bank, how do you guys fundraise throughout the year? I know this time of year, you're, you're probably taking plenty of donations or, or that's what that's kind of the goal right now. But how do you do it throughout the rest of the year? Uh, we are we are fundraising all year long, so we are consistently engaging the community uh, and engaging donors and engaging folks that uh, might become donors to Oregon Food Bank. Um, we are engaging them both with opportunities to make donations, uh, but also in the work itself. Like we are working with our donors to help build greater understanding of the root causes of hunger, because we have this vast wealth of knowledge uh, from our community, from people who face hunger or who have faced hunger and have that lived experience. Uh, we have this, this wealth of knowledge of why, the, why hunger happens in our communities. We know it's systemic. We know it's uh, influenced by public policy. It's influenced by how wealth is distributed in our communities. It's uh, influenced by factors like systemic racism and um, discrimination and bias uh, against folks, you know, against, uh, people of color, uh, indigenous populations, um, um, those in our community who are black or who are trans or gender not conforming, all of these, all of these communities face hunger at significantly higher rates than the rest of the community. So we know that those things are factors as well. So all of those things put together, it's very complicated, right? It's, yeah. it's solving hunger is not just like a, a easy flip of the switch. But just because it's complicated doesn't mean it's not possible. So we're working with our all, everyone we're engaging, including our donors, our volunteers, to try to help um, grow together in that understanding of what is causing hunger in our communities and how we solve it. Um, so that happens all year long. Um, of course, end of year is you know, a bit busier because that's when a lot of people really are focused on um, getting those donations in. Some for some folks, there are holiday traditions that involve giving. For some folks, you know, they just want to make sure that they get those donations done before the tax deadline, and they haven't gotten it done yet. So it all kind of compounds at the end of the year. So this time of year, we're very busy, but fundraising is something that happens all year. It's really nice to hear such optimism coming out of of you, a representative of the Oregon Food Bank. That that's nice to hear that you that it's you feel this hunger problem is solvable. Oh, well, thank you. Absolutely. From, a, from mean, an outside, you're very optimistic. From an outside perspective, it's like, how in the world are we ever going to solve this? Yeah, I mean, and it and it's a challenge. But we know, you know, that when we're engaging our whole communities and when we're centering the lived experience of folks who've experienced hunger, that we can really get answers. And with those answers, we can make changes that will move us closer. And it's not, like I said, it's not something we can flip a switch and make it happen overnight. But for for those of us who are in this for the long haul, we know we can get it done. Yeah. It's going to take time, but we will get there. Cool. Awesome. 
We're talking today with Brian Vestownet, Community Philanthropy Manager at Oregon Food Bank. Brian, could you uh, kind of remind our audience how the Oregon Food Bank works? This is a whole network. Yeah, absolutely. So Oregon Food Bank, it, yeah, it's a, a large network. It, it covers uh, the state of Oregon and also southwest Washington. So yeah, we have 21 regional food banks uh, in the network and then 1,400 uh, food assistance sites. Um, and so these regional food banks uh, are focused on sourcing food, um, bringing food in, you know, where they work with farms, they work with grocery stores, they work with various um, institutions across our communities to make sure that every opportunity is made to get food in, especially when it's fresh and nutritious, nutritious and produce and such like that. Um, you know, getting all those food resources together and making sure we source that food, um, have a place to put it. And then out from there, it goes distributing through those 1400 food assistance sites. And that's why we have folks across our state who are able to access emergency food when they need it, um, usually in a place that's reasonably close to where they live. Food banks have changed over the years. It wasn't all that long ago when you needed food assistance, you got a box of whatever. Maybe it wasn't culturally appropriate for you or it wasn't food that you wanted to eat. And But now it's a to totally different experience, isn't it? Yeah, you know, and it's kind of a big mix at this point because a while back, Oregon Food Bank um, had a initiative to have food assistance sites um, in our network, many of which are... Uh, not Oregon Food Bank specific organizations, but they are under the Oregon Food Bank umbrella. So they are their own organizations. But there was a big initiative to get many of these sites to convert to these grocery style pantries, um, where rather than, you know, having a prepackaged box that somebody just receives and all the boxes are basically the same, right? There's, it's more like going through this little mini grocery store and there are shelves and folks can select um, the food that they need. So they get to make choices um, and choose food that makes the most sense for their communities. And at this point, it's a big mix because during the pandemic, uh, many of these food assistance sites had to go back to the box model uh, just to get food out to folks who were um, in, a, in a safe way where they weren't all in a crowded room together, um, you know, worrying about the pandemic, the, the transmission of COVID-19 and whatnot. A lot of pantries switched to doing like drive through pantries and such. And so right now it's kind of a big mix. Some pantries have been able to resume their um, their grocery style experiences and others not so much but even then i think even with box on box distribution there is an increased focus on like figuring out how we can have some options some choices because you know we live in a we live in a multicultural world and different people have different traditions they have different experiences different kinds of foods that they are comfortable with uh, that they're that are familiar to their families that they feel like they can just take home and make quickly um you know, and folks have busy lives and complicated lives. And especially for folks facing hunger, um, it can be very busy, chaotic, complicated life to try to navigate multiple jobs, uh, you know, other family challenges and whatnot. And so that culturally specific food is really, really helpful for families um, to be able to get something that they're familiar with, that they're comfortable with, they can make at home easily. Um, so yeah, I mean, so maybe it's not as ideal as it has been at times in terms of the shopping style pantries, but there are a lot of those out there and that culturally specific food is is um, is something that's really important that we've uh, invested a lot in. We have a, at Oregon Food Bank, we've had this community grower support um, initiative um, where we've invested significant funds in 
uh, communities that face disproportionately high rates of hunger, particularly Black, Indigenous, uh, and all people of color communities, as well as immigrant and refugee communities, um, and also trans and gender diverse communities. Those are the communities that that often face disproportionately high rates of hunger. Um, but for especially some immigrant and refugee communities, and even just different uh, subcultures we have here in the in our country and in our state, um, you know, we live. It, it, America is a very diverse place. Um, so having those culturally specific foods available and also through this community grower program, actually investing in programs where small farms are able to grow these foods, um, particularly um, black indigenous people of color and immigrant refugee uh, led farms. Um, these are communities that traditionally have been, have faced significant barriers to farming. Um, to being able to even have access to land to farm if they wanted to farm. And so making those investments has really, first of all, it's it's helping these communities um, get closer to to being on the same playing field with, with the rest of the country in terms of having access to land, access to farming. But secondly, it's diversifying the food that's available and making sure that um, communities have access to this culturally specific food because there's more of it out there now. How do people get access? If somebody's in need, how do they how do they get access to food? So one of the best ways we've tried to make it as easy as possible to find local food resources. So we have launched uh, a few years ago. We launched a website, organfoodfinder.org. Organfoodfinder.org. It's available in fourteen languages, um, and it's really a comprehensive uh, resource where you can search and find any. A food distribution site in the Oregon Food Bank Network. So that covers a whole state in Southwest Washington. Um, folks can go to OregonFoodFinder.org and put in their address and find a list of food assistance sites near them. And it has phone numbers, contact info and stuff too, if folks need to call and have questions or whatever. Um, but it, yeah, like I said, it's available in 14 languages. So it's a really, really great resource for anyone needing food assistance. That's great. We've got a couple of minutes left. And, and, and oh, go ahead. And I just, you know, would want to like also speak to all of the organizations that partner with us as part of our network, uh, be they regional food banks who are helping distribute the food out through these food assistance sites, or be they organizations that run food assistance site themselves. There's this this whole community of people, volunteers and staff and and whatnot out there um, doing this work and making sure food is available to folks who need it. That's great. Yeah, I'm sure people can find out about volunteering information on the Oregon Food Bank website, right? Yeah, if you go to OregonFoodBank.org, uh, we have an option that says get involved in volunteering, uh, advocating, be, becoming part of our community who receives uh, action alerts, opportunities to like send messages to our legislatures, to invest in systems change and public policy and whatnot. There are all different ways that folks can get involved and be part of this movement and help move that needle closer to ending hunger the way we so desperately want to do got about a couple minutes left and I wanted to spend a little time having you tell us how we can help out besides volunteering. What, what are ways that our listeners can help out the Oregon food bank? Yeah, so absolutely. Um, so volunteering is one, um, signing up for action alerts. Uh, if you go to our website and select the advocate option, um, under the get involved tab, um, you can sign up for action alerts and you can get emails when there are opportunities to send messages to our legislators. So our legislators represent us, right? Uh, whether that be at the national level or in the state house, um, these folks are all making decisions that influence whether we're getting closer or farther away from that goal. 
of ending hunger. So these action alerts is an opportunity for folks to be aware of when something is out there, uh, like like the Farm Bill, which we'll be talking about, the Oregon Food Bank will be talking about a lot next year, um, opportunities uh, to invest in SNAP benefits. So that's a, well, that was one thing we saw too after the pandemic was that SNAP benefits, uh, there were temporary SNAP benefits in place during the pandemic, those dropped off. And so that combined with inflation, combined with um, all these other factors really hit families hard. And so this Farm Bill is gonna give, an, give us an opportunity to fix some of that. But that's an example of an opportunity uh, to have an influence um, and to influence our leaders um, so that they're going to make decisions that are in the best interest of everyone um, and help us move that deal towards ending hunger. So advocating, getting those action alerts and taking action when that those come through, uh, volunteering, um, donating. Donating is a really, really valuable way. Um, some folks don't realize this, but uh, significantly more food can be distributed with the revenue raised from a donation than that could be raised if you went to a grocery store and bought that food yourself um, because food banks are able to source food at, at much cheaper prices. Um, so donating makes a huge impact. Uh, and it also helps us, again, invest in these uh, systems change initiatives because that takes staffing, that takes leadership as well. Um, so OregonFoodBank.org slash donate um, if you want to make that something that is like sustained long term, that is a huge step in helping us not just give out food, but also change those systems over time to end hunger. Um, you can go to OregonFoodBank.org slash donate and you can choose the monthly option to make become a monthly sustainer. And that's a significant way to help, too. But even just that year in donation as well, that one time gift uh, makes a huge difference. Yeah. Brian, thank you so much for catching us up on everything happening at the Oregon Food Bank. You guys are busy. We are, we are, but you know, it's, it's good to be doing this work. It's good to have, to have hope for this like future of an Oregon without hunger. Excellent. We've been talking today with Brian Vestownet, community philanthropy manager at the Oregon food bank. Thanks, Brian. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. If you'd like to hear this interview again, just search for let's talk Portland on the Odyssey app. Let's talk Portland is an Odyssey Portland public affairs program. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay. Plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.